I mean, I may have just a, a little bit more information than you, but I feel like seems like you a lot can more. really know your body well. And even mm-hmm. then, you know, it remains a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Egg Factory. I'm Shara. And I'm Diane. I'm so excited. This week we have Susan Dwan. She is a doctor in Houston, Texas, and she's going to tell us all about my favorite subject ever, IUDs. Which Diane got. (laughs) Twice. (laughs) Twice. How many uteruses? That seems like one too many. Anyways, she's full of knowledge, uh, very fun to talk to. Enjoy this interview. So I'm doing my residency in, um, in combined internal medicine and pediatrics. So it's like all adult medicine and all pediatrics. Each of those separately has a lot of knowledge involved. Yeah, no kidding. But together, how do you manage it all? Oh, I mean, I don't know a lot of things <laughs> so I think brave, um, brave to admit that even mm-hmm. in med school it's like you just have to realize that there's no way you're gonna know everything and you have to be okay with that and and you have to just be motivated when when things come up that you're you know not so sure about to either get help because we we have a lot of support as residents because we're still in training you know there's doctors supervising us so we can always ask them. And then definitely you just need to know where to go online for, you know, reputable resources and information. And mm-hmm. Are you so. doing that like on the fly? Like if you're talking to a patient and you're not sure, like, do you just like mm-hmm. discreetly go to your computer and like, I don't know, but I'm going to check I, the internet. I do it on the fly, on the fly. I do it. Like I go in and see the patient by myself and I discuss their various issues, like one, two, three, and then for one of them, maybe I don't know, and I can like look it up in the room, or I excuse myself because I have to talk to the attending anyway, just overall what kind of what happened and what my plan is, mm-hmm. and ask them. I'll be like, oh, this patient had this question, and I didn't know what to say. Like, what do you recommend? Or, um, or sometimes I'm just like, oh, I think they had like you know, injured their neck because of this pillow that they're sleeping on. Like, what, what do you recommend? And <laughs> then that we'll, like, actually happen? <laughs> like, like, side pillow. And, like, Wait. And then I'll, like, show the patient. I'll be like, oh, we recommend one of these. Susan, did that actually happen? <laughs> that actually happened. I had a lady who's having, like, numbness and tingling in her, like, arms and fingers, but not in her legs or anything. And it didn't seem, she had already gotten like pictures of her spine. So there wasn't really anything wrong. Um, but we kind of thought it was just the way she was sleeping. So we recommended a little adjustment. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> Did the pillow fix her? So she's not back. She hasn't come back yet. Oh, I hope so. This happened recently. And I probably told her to come back in like two months. So. <laughs> What's like the demographic of your patients? Yeah, um, we see a lot of underserved, um, of the underserved community uh, who most of the time are Hispanic or African American. Um, They are on Medicaid um, or, or they're on something. So our county in 
in Houston, Harris County has kind of a like a catch-all uh, called the gold card, where depending on your income, as long as you can prove that you live in Harris County, you can have some basic services. Mm-hmm. So we see, I work at a Harris County clinic mm-hmm. for my continuity clinic, so we see a lot of those patients. So. Okay. Is Medicaid just, that's for, Medicare is for older people. Mm-hmm. Medicaid is for the general. Medicaid population. is for children and um, and the the people that can't afford routine medical care, or there's like uh, income criteria. Okay, cool. Are there certain patients that are harder to relate to, like certain types of patients? Yes, there definitely are, but it's not as hard as you might think. I'm trying to think of. You know, if I have a hard time relating to people with mental health disorders or people who are incarcerated and are coming in, you know, like, like in handcuffs brought in by police to the ER to get medical care. Um, And it's definitely a little bit harder, but at some level, it's like, they're still your patient and you still, your job is still the same. So Mm -hmm. even though you can't really imagine what their life is like, like in prison, um, Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to kind of let that go and just, just treat them like any other patient and be like, you know, what brings you to the ER today? Like what medical problems do you have? Like what, what can I help you with is basically Mm -hmm. what it ends up coming down to. But certainly it's, it's harder um, to relate to some people. Um, and then it's harder to build relationships with some people too. Mm. Because, because just because of how different your background is. Um, but I think that you can still overcome that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does it feel to be like responsible for people's health? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, it is daunting. Yeah. <laughs> also, but it's also like, it's not just you, you know, yeah. it's you are in partnership with the patient and with their family. You know, if it's um, someone elderly who relies a lot on their family or if it's their, like a kid, definitely a lot on their parents. So it's kind of like a team partnership. Mm-hmm. And you provide guidance, mm-hmm. and then you kind of steer them on the right path. But um, but I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm like solely responsible for the health of all these people. Yeah. We talk a lot about um, motivational interviewing now. It's like a new thing that they, we talk about in medical school where you're trying to help people go down that pathway towards change, but you don't want to be like, you know, you're doing something wrong. Like you need to stop drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, So you want them to come to that realization on their own. And you're supposed to ask like various probing questions and kind of determine how ready they are um, on the scale. Wait, can we do a motivational interview? Give me a role. Give me a patient. I'll be that patient, and then you can interview me. We have to give her something that she could herself change, and uh, I want to motivate her to change. Okay. So, like, smoking, drinking, 
Wait, mm. what do you want? Okay, how about I both I smoke and I have unsafe sex? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> how do you approach this one, Susan? I'm I feel ready. Pressure. I feel a lot of pressure right now. Okay. Oh. My name is Melinda and scene. Hi Melinda. So what what brings you to the office today? Hi, Dr. Dwan. Um, I'm just here for my yearly checkup. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have any chronic medical conditions that I should know about? Um, no, I'd say that I'm like pretty healthy. You know, I like smoke occasionally, but uh, I haven't had any, many problems. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you were telling me that you smoke a little bit? Yeah, yeah. About like pat like half a pack a day about half a pack a day yeah and how long have you been smoking about half a pack a day um probably since I was like a junior in college so maybe about six years or so okay yeah okay. so it's been uh, like you know a while a while yeah um has anyone have you ever thought about quitting or has anyone ever told you that you should quit um yeah like you know a lot of a few of my friends um they quit recently and they've been telling me that I should quit but um I don't know like I, I'm pretty healthy so I'm not really feeling that I need to yet okay okay um what do you like about smoking um, I think I just like it because it's kind of like how I relax and how I like set my day and, and, you know, how I like break up things that I'm doing. It's like a good, um, yeah, it just makes me relaxed. Okay. Um, and then when your friends tell you that you should stop, like what are some of the things that they tell you about? Like why, why do they tell you you should stop? Oh, well, I think it's like they stopped because they... One of my friends, like, they, he, he, like, always had a cold, and so he was, like, always not feeling great, and so he kind of stopped smoking, and that, like, helped him clear stuff up a bit, and, like, my other friend, he, um, yeah, he started dating this girl, and she didn't like him smoking, so he quit. Okay. So, um, maybe for some health reasons and your other friend for kind of more personal or social reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like any of that applies to you or not as much? I mean, um, yeah, my boyfriend and I, like we both smoke and so it's kind of a shared thing that we do and, and I've like been pretty healthy. So, but you know. I mean, my friends are quitting one by one, so maybe I could try. Okay, so you're you're open to trying? Yeah, I I think so. Maybe maybe in a in a few months or something. In a few months, okay. Um, so let's see. So if I like, how ready would you be to quit tomorrow? Tomorrow, whoa! Like on, a scale of, on a scale of one to ten, where ten is like, oh, totally, I could totally quit tomorrow if I wanted. Scale of one to ten, maybe like a three, like a three, probably. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll yeah. try it. <laughs> and, and scene. scene. <laughs> okay. 
Sorry, that was like kind of emotional, a motivational interview, but kind no, of. No, you were good. You yeah, kept just asking sweet. questions. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you, you're you supposed to ask a lot of questions so that, yeah. they, so that the patient can reflect. And then I got the feeling that you weren't really ready to change yet. So I wasn't like trying to push it. (laughs) Thank you for your concern. How was I? How was I? You were good. You were good. Thank you. You were an an honest patient. Yeah. Yeah. Like very convincing. convincing. (laughs) Never been a smoker. Also never had an STD. Just want everybody to know Uh, that. (laughs) I feel like I've been to the doctor now. Yeah, now you, you can start thinking about yeah. quitting smoking. Even though it was space jump. <laughs> She's only a three, though, Dan. She's only a three. <laughs> yeah. Has, like, learning about women's health made you, anything made you, like, change the specific behavior of yours? Sorry, that's not a really what, good question. What are you asking? Sorry, I don't know. I just want to talk about IUDs. Oh, <laughs> just say straight out, Diane. Susan and I were at a bar in San Francisco, and you told me to get that hormonal IUD. And I was really, it's really cool to be able to know stuff for sure about your body based on the fact that you're a doctor, right? Because like I have a lot of uncertainty about my body and what's best for it because I don't really know. But you know. Right. I mean, I may have just a, a little bit more information than you, but I feel like seems like you a lot can more. Really know your body well, and even <laughs> then, you know, it remains a mystery. <laughs> it remains a mystery. Yeah. Um, but I got an ID. Let's see, in my last year of medical school, um, because a I hate having my period. <laughs> Yep. Um, and the hormonal IUD is overall, like most people say that they stop having periods or they have like very light periods or like some spotting um, occasionally. Um, and then I also got it because I knew that I wasn't really thinking about having kids in the next five years, which mm-hmm. is how long you can keep um, the Mirena, the hormonal IUD in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, um, you know, I'm, I'm a fourth year med student. I should, I have, I had like more free time. I should do this appointment and just kind of get it over with. And then I won't really have to think about it for five years. Mm -hmm. I love that, uh, your free time was like, you had enough free time to get an IUD. Like how much free time do you have now? Do you not have free time to do stuff like that anymore? It's hard. It's very, it's hard because a lot of times you're working six days out of the week. Yeah. And the day off will be on Saturday or Sunday, and then it's can't you can't get, get an ID on Saturday or Sunday. Hmm. Like, is it? I mean, I always want a woman doctor. Yes, me hmm? too. Especially for yeah. my lady parts. But yeah, especially for the lady parts. Um, is that fine? That's fine. That's fine. And that's everyone else. Wait, what are you know, worried about? I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's just like. I mean, I guess it's like a male doctor would do just as well, but mm-hmm. it's just like he doesn't know. Doesn't <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I usually prefer a, a lady doctor too. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of great doctors who are, you know, male, and I don't think I think once you get over in the initial meeting with them Mm -hmm. like if you go back and see the guy over and over again I think it becomes the same Mm -hmm. I think there's like an initial hump where you're like it's a guy (laughs) 
but then it's totally fine. And then it like and on the other side, like I have male patients that I feel awkward about, mm-hmm. like cuz like it'll be like an adolescent, like 15 or 16 years old <laughs> have to do their well child and I have to do like a genital exam and I'm like I feel so awkward. I'm sure you feel really awkward, uh-huh. but I still have to do it. So then I just like do it and then I run away. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, that would be so hard. Awkward. Like I hope at some point I I become more used to it and less awkward. Hopefully they don't notice that it's that awkward, <laughs> but yeah. How can we be better patients? How can you be better patient? Yeah. Um you can be on time. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> you can keep your appointments. Um, <laughs> you guys would be fine, patients. I don't think. I mean, I think as long as you are open to telling your doctor the truth um, and to listening to what they have to say, I think that, that you're being a good patient, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't really have to be like, yes, everything you say is correct and I will do everything. I think you just have to... Be open to hearing what they say and then kind of think about it and see if you want to apply that to your own life or if you are already doing something that works. Thanks for listening to The Egg Factory. Brought to you this week from a parking lot in Palo Alto. Next little plant. <laughs> Outside of an Indian restaurant. <laughs> We had a lot of fun making this episode for you. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, check out our website. We're at eggs4ears.tumblr.com. That's with the number four. We post a couple random things a week, so check it out. See you next week. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review. <laughs> All the things. Lots for you to do, so get on it. <laughs> good luck. Have a good day. <laughs>